You ever have one of those moments where you're like looking for your sunglasses everywhere and then suddenly you realize they're where? On top of your head, right? Or, or maybe it's one of those situations that you're on a, I got to get my cell phone out here. You, you're on your cell phone, you're talking to somebody and you're like, oh, wait a second, I need to get some information for you. And you're like, hold on a second. And you're like looking everywhere like, where in the world is my cell phone at? And then suddenly you're like, oh, wait, it's, it's actually right there in my hands. You ever had something like that happen? Or, or maybe for you, it's the thing where it's your keys or your wallet or your purse. You're constantly like looking everywhere like, where did I leave this thing at? You know, it's not lost. It's just simply misplaced. Very, very frustrating when those types of things happen. But you know what's even more frustrating? Is when it feels like you've lost your faith that you somehow misplaced it, that you can't seem to find exactly where is it at. And that's what I want to talk with you about here today as we wrap up this series on the Old Testament prophet Elisha. And I just want to talk about, okay, what happens if it feels like you've sort of lost your spiritual edge? That you used to have this passion for Jesus and it's just not there any longer. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. Again, 2 Kings chapter 6 is where we're going to hang out today. I want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Right now, there's a little button right there in the upper right-hand corner called Talk Notes. If you push that, that's going to take you to all the scriptures I'm going to be looking at today, as well as all the points that I'm going to be making. For those of you live here in the room, if you go to your smartphone, exponential.church, you're able to get all the Talk Notes there as well on our digital, uh, our digital program. Now, just a little bit of context as we uh, start to look at this particular story there in 2 Kings chapter 6. As I've shared with you throughout the entire series, other than Jesus, nobody does more recorded miracles than what Elisha does. In fact, he does 23 recorded miracles. And so what ends up happening is there's like this group of people that start following him, these sort of wannabe prophets. And so Elisha's basically started a little like prophet school. And he's like training these new prophets of what's going to happen. Now, one of these guys, one day he's going to go out, he has an axe in his hand, he's going to be chopping down a tree right by the Jordan River, and the axe head is actually going to fall off and go flying into the Jordan River, and he's going to go to Elisha and go, look, I, I borrowed this axe, I need it back. Could you do something for me? Could you speak to God on my behalf? And what Elisha's going to do is he's going to make this iron axe head actually float back to the surface. It's going to be a, a miracle. He's going to save this guy from, you know, having to, to go out and buy another axe head, which he couldn't uh, afford. Now, before we actually jump into the, the, the story of why this whole thing happened and what it has to do with our lives, let me just make this little note to you. The fact that God cared enough to make somebody's, like, broken axe and make that axe head float back to the top, that just shows you how much God cares about even the smallest details of your life. If you've got a headache, God cares about that. If you've got an important call to make tomorrow at work, God cares about that. If you're having car problems, God cares about that. doesn't matter what's going on in your life, God cares about everything, even something as simple as you're swinging an axe, and the axe head goes flying off into the Jordan River. God says, I care about that. So again, God cares about everything. 
including the, the sunglasses on the top of your head that you think that you've lost. He laughs at you, but he still cares about that. He cares about everything. So let's actually look at this, this story here and actually read through what happened. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1, we read this. One day the prophet said to Elisha, the place where we meet with you is too what? It's too, it's too small. He says it's too small. Again, apparently what had been happening was these prophets are following along with Elisha and he's got like this school going and they're like, man, our enrollment just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. We need a bigger building here or something. We read about that in the next verse, verses 2 to 4. They say, why don't we build a new meeting place near the Jordan River? Each of us could get some wood and then we could build it. That's a good idea, Elisha replied. Get started. Aren't you going with us, one of the prophets asked? Yes, I'll go, Elisha answered. And he left with them. They went to the Jordan River and they began doing what? They began chopping down trees. Now, I want you to picture this scene in your mind. So many people are following that they're like, okay, we got to build a new building and the, the best wood that we know is down right by the Jordan River, so let's go down there, get the big trees. And so they get their axes out and it's like, chop, chop, chop. Timber! Chop, 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 timber! Right? So they're just chopping down these trees until they hear something strange. Chop, chop, chop. Plop. All of a sudden, one of these guys, the, the axe head, has gone flying off and it's going to go into the, the Jordan. We read about it in verse 5. While one of the prophets was working, his axe head flew off and dropped into the water. Oh no, he shouted. What shall I do, sir? He exclaimed to Elisha. I borrowed that axe. And this is a big deal. Keep in mind, this is probably a young guy. He's following after Elisha. He's a part of this school that Elisha has. He's like a college student, basically. He doesn't have a lot of money. He's got college debt to pay off. He's eating ramen noodles every single day. So th this is a big deal. And it's a big deal because he borrowed the axe. It's not his axe. He's going to have to give it back. And what we need to understand is that iron was very, very valuable in that day and time. Uh, uh, extremely, uh, 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 um, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Expensive. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm educated. Yeah, expensive. <laughs> it's a very expensive commodity that he's looking for. And so he, he, he can't afford to pay this back. He, but yeah, he's got to give back the thing. So he's like, what in the world am I going to do? I borrowed this. So he goes to Elisha and he asks for help. Verses 6 to 7. Where did it fall in, Elisha asked. The prophet pointed to the place and Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. The axe head floated to the top of the water. Grab it, Elisha said. And the man reached out and he grabbed it. You're going, okay, again, that, that's a cool story that God cares about the little things in our lives, but what in the world does that have to do with us? You know, in 2021, what, what does that have to do with me? How does that apply to my life? 
Well, I want to point out a couple things to you. If you're taking notes here today, the, the first thing there on your outline is this, that God knows how to help me find that which I did not mean to lose. Let me read that to you again. God knows how to help me find that which I did not mean to lose. Again, this applies to everything in your life, but today, for the purposes of this message, I want to apply it to what happens if it feels like you've lost your spiritual edge? That you had this, this passion for Jesus at one point. You were committed to Him. You were in church every single week. You were reading your Bible every single day. You were praying every single day. You were tithing. You were in a life group. You were out serving in the community. But then, for whatever reason, that's all stopped. The passion has gone. Something happened. Your commitment and your values and your morals have waned. And all those good habits, it's not happening anymore. You know, you, you can't even remember the last time you actually prayed, other than maybe for a meal or like an extreme situation of like, God help me. And like, when it comes to your Bible, you, you can't even remember the last time you cracked it open, other than maybe the occasional time now that you show up to church, because you don't even show up to church anymore every single week. Now it's like, uh, once a month, or I'll tune in online occasionally if I feel like it. You don't even remember when you last cracked open a Bible other than maybe the times that you gathered together here. You can't even think about the last time that you went out and you served. Maybe you stopped tithing. Maybe you stopped attending a life group. You disassociated from all your friends at the church and began spending time with those whose influence is definitely not helping to draw you closer to Jesus. What you find is you're starting to cut some corners. You're taking some shortcuts. You're doing some things that you know don't please God, but yet you still do it anyway. You've lost your spiritual edge and it absolutely frustrates you. You know better, but yet it's just not there anymore. Just being honest with you, you know, I've had times like that in my life that I've burned red hot for Jesus. And then there's been times that it's like, it doesn't feel like a relationship. It feels more like a chore. And if I'm being super, super honest, there's been times where I felt like, you know what, I'm a full-time pastor and a part-time follower of Jesus. That's not to say that I was out doing wild and crazy and immoral things. It's just that that passion just wasn't there anymore. Maybe some of you feel the same way. You feel like, you know what, I'm a full-time parent, I'm a full-time grandparent, but yet I become a part-time follower of Jesus. I'm a full-time student, but yet now I'm a, a part-time follower of Jesus. I'm a full-time factory worker, I'm a full-time sales clerk, but I've become a part-time follower of Jesus. You didn't mean to get there, but yet that's exactly where you're at. Of course, the question is, well, what do you do when you get into a situation like that where it feels like you've lost your spiritual edge? Well, that's the second point I want to make to you today, and that's this. I must be honest about where I lost my spiritual edge. In verse 6, Elisha asked this prophet, he says, well, where did you lose the axe head? Because it's not that it's lost, it's, it's exactly where it went into the water there. It, it's there. It's not gone didn't just poof, disappear. 
It's there. We just need to get it back. And it's the same thing for you. You got to ask yourself, okay, exactly where did I lose my spiritual edge at? Was it when you started hanging out with a different group of people? You got some new friends? Was it when you got a, a new boyfriend or girlfriend? Was it when you took a new job and that job required your sleep schedule to change or maybe it required you to start to work on Sundays? Maybe for you, you lost your spiritual edge because of something you purchased. Maybe you purchased a, a computer and all of a sudden you had the access to the internet and you started to see things that you shouldn't see. Or maybe for you, it was when you, you got a cell phone and all of a sudden, now your nose was in that cell phone all the time instead of being in God's Word all the time. Maybe for you, it was when you, you bought a camper and now all of a sudden, it, it took you away from God on the weekends. Maybe for you, you lost your spiritual edge when you dropped a discipline in your life, like reading the Bible or praying or tithing or being a part of a life group. For you, maybe you lost your spiritual edge when somebody hurt you or you ended up hurting somebody else. You know, for many people, the, where they've lost their spiritual edge here recently, it's been during this pandemic. You were in good habits, but then all of a sudden now you're just in your house all the time. You're alone. And at first it's like, okay, I'll just tune in online. But then you stop doing that. And because you were stopped being a part of God's family in that way, you stopped reading the Bible, you stopped praying, you stopped doing all these different things you knew that you should do. So be honest about it. Think really, really hard. Where was it? When was it that you lost your spiritual edge? When did that passion for Jesus begin to wane? Now let me tell you about the, the first time and the worst time it ever happened to me. I was seven years into my Christianity. Seven years in, and, and it just felt like my relationship with Jesus was dead. Now here's the ironic part. Guess what else happened seven years into my Christianity? Take a wild guess. What changed in my life seven years into my Christianity? Anybody got a guess? My job changed. What did I become? Yeah. It actually happened when I became a pastor. My passion died. You see, the mistake that I made was I started to think, well, wait a second. Now I'm being paid to be in God's Word all day long. That's what I do, and I get to then share that with other people. And I began to take that, my work life, and, and what I was going to be giving to others and thinking that that was going to sustain me personally. In other words, my devotional life of, of my relationship with Jesus, I just said, well, I don't need to do that because I'm just going to be in God's Word all the time anyway. And so I'll just get things out of that. And guess what? It didn't work that way. And so I had to come to the, the place to realize that my relationship with Jesus needs to be different than my work for Jesus. 
Even though it still all involved the same thing, being in God's Word, there was a difference between being in God's Word because it was my relationship with Him for me to grow spiritually myself and my work of being in God's Word to be able to share then His Word with other people. Completely, completely different. And again, it's so ironic that, you know, my, my biggest spiritual deficit in life was right when I became a pastor. So I'll give you an example of, you know, how, how this had to change. So this message that I'm sharing with you today, I actually wrote this one a couple weeks ago. But on the day that I wrote this particular message, my personal devotions that morning were in the book of Malachi, because I'm going, you know, through Scripture uh, all the way through the Bible in the year. So I was in Malachi. And what God spoke to me in my personal devotions is completely different than the message that I wrote that day that you're hearing right now on Elisha. When God spoke to me, you're not getting any of that. And you're not going to probably get any of it probably for a long time. Because it was for me. So that's a little bit of, of my story. And, and I had to think about, okay, when did I lose my spiritual edge? Again, that's many years ago now. When I just got into this place of, man, just something isn't right. I was like, when did I lose that edge? I was like, oh, when I became a pastor. And I'm like, okay, what changed when I became a pastor? I was like, oh, my devotional life changed when I became a pastor. I've got to go back and i got to do something different. i got to change that. And the same is going to be true for you, no matter what it is. It may not be a devotional thing like it was for me, but when did you lose your spiritual edge? Where did you lose your spiritual edge? Whatever it is, you need to understand that. Be honest about it. And then that leads us to point number three. Now that I know where I lost it, with God's help, I must reach out and take it back. In the miracle here today with Elisha and the, the prophet and the axe head, who caused the axe head to float on the water? Who did that? Yeah, God did, exactly. I want you to notice that the axe head didn't just like, though, not only float up to the surface, but then fly out of the water and go back onto the handle and then the whole thing go flying into the hand of the prophet. It's not how it worked. What happened? God made it float to the surface, but then he, Elisha then responded to the prophet and he said, do what? He said, reach out and grab it. You got to reach out and grab it for yourself. We've been talking about this throughout this entire series. That there are certain things that God can only do, but then there are certain things He expects you to do. That faith without works is dead. So back in week two of the series, we said, look, only God can provide the water, but you have got to dig the ditch. Last week we talked about how only God can provide the oil, but you've got to provide those empty jars. And today... Only God can make that axe head float. But you, you need to be the one that reaches out and grabs it. So listen, God can do what you need Him to do in your life. He can give you that spiritual edge back. You don't have to stay where you're at right now. You can get it back. However, you've got to do your part. You've got to be willing to reach out and grab it. Listen, I don't care how, how far removed from God you feel, 
He can restore your faith if you'll do your part. You're going, all right, Gilbert, how do we do that, though? Well, let's look at a couple scriptures here. The first one is in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. The Apostle Paul says this, no one can have faith without hearing the message about Christ. If you want to restore your faith in God, if you want to restore the relationship that you used to have with Jesus that you so desperately want back, guess what? You need to put yourself in a situation where you're constantly hearing God's word. You got to be in the right place where you're hearing about Jesus over and over and over again. And that's when your faith, like that axe head, is going to rise back up and it's going to be there ready for you to grab it. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Pray even if you don't feel like praying. Read God's Word, even if you don't feel like reading God's Word. Be in church every single week, even if you don't feel like being in church. Give, even if you don't feel like giving. Serve, even if you don't feel like serving. Listen to Christian music in your home or your office all day long, even if you don't feel like it. Again, the more you put yourself in the presence of Jesus, you're hearing about Jesus the more you're going to start to feel his presence. He's going to be right there and you're going to be like, okay, I can grab this back, that which I used to have. The second thing then, listen to what Jesus says to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. He says, the love you had for me at first is what? The love you had for me at first is, it's gone. Think how far you have fallen. Therefore, repent and go back to doing the things you did at first. Go back and do the things you did at first. I talked to you earlier. You can probably identify that place where you lost your spiritual edge. You know exactly where that was at. And as you start to think about it, you're going to be like, ah, I lost it when I stopped doing blank. Or I lost it when I started doing blank. You can identify that. You know exactly what it is. And so Jesus says, it's because you started doing that or it's because you stopped doing that that your faith grew cold. And so he says, repent. Don't just ask for my forgiveness. I mean, that, that's important. You need to ask Jesus for his forgiveness that you did this, that, that you did draw away from him. But then he says, you got to repent. And what does repent mean? It just simply means to turn and go the opposite way. And here he says, go back and do the things you did at first. Don't just say, oh, sorry, please forgive me, and then just keep going the way you have been going. He says, no, go back and do the things you did at first. You know what it was for me when I got to that place seven years in my Christianity when I became a pastor, and I realized, oh, man, this is all jacked up. This is wrong. I went back and I did the things I did at first. I got into God's Word because I wanted to be in God's Word for me. Because I wanted to grow. Because I wanted to spend time with Him. Not because I had a sermon to prepare. I wanted to just spend time with Him. I remember when I first became a Christian and I was self-employed. Oh man, I, I would get in trouble sometimes by the boss, me, because I wasn't working because I was just sitting reading my Bible all day long. 
I was so excited to be in God's word. I would read it and the, the parts that I didn't understand, I'd be like, oh man, I got to like look up that word. And I'd like be looking up Bible dictionaries and stuff. And, and I'd be like, oh, there's another scripture that talks about this. Maybe I can read that and it'll help me to understand it. So I'd turn to another part of the Bible and I'd read that. And it's like, yeah, now I understand that scripture over there. But now I didn't understand something here. So you know what that did? Now that took me on another rabbit trail. And I would go hours and hours and hours just in there. There was just this hunger that I had for it. And so that's what I needed to get back to. I needed to not only ask Jesus to forgive me, but I needed to repent and go back and do the things that I did at first. And again, make sure that my devotional life was separate from my work life. Now again, for me, it was getting back into God's Word. I don't know what it's going to be for you, but go back and do the things you did at first. Go back and do it. And you'll get that hunger back in your life again. Listen, God specializes in helping people find that which they did not intend to lose. You're going, Gilbert, that, that sounds good, but man, I'm like sitting here beating myself up because I've sort of been in this spiritual funk for months or for some of you, maybe even years now. I've lost a lot of years. Man, is God even going to forgive me for that? Well, here's the good news. Not only will God forgive you, but if you'll repent and you'll go back and you'll start doing those things that you did at first, He will actually restore those years back to you. The Old Testament prophet Joel, he said that, that God will restore the years that the locusts ate and devoured. And what he means by that is that God can make up for lost time. That our idea of time and God's idea of time, it's two separate things. And all those missed opportunities that you had, God can restore all that and bring it back as if though you never even went into that spiritual funk. So he's going to do his part. The question is, will you do your part? Listen, I don't know how you're hurting today. I don't know how maybe you got off track. I don't know how far gone you are, but here's what I do know. You're never so far gone that God can't reach out and get you. You can be the person that you're meant to be because God specializes in helping people to find that which they did not mean to lose. Just like your sunglasses on the top of your head, it's right there. It's right there. If you've lost your spiritual edge, it's right there. You just got to identify, oh yeah, there it is. And then reach out and grab it. So today he's going to help the axe head to float in your life. Question is, will you reach out? Reach out and grab it. I pray that you will. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these past four weeks and this opportunity to look at the life of the Old Testament prophet Elisha and just the ways that you used him to do great and mighty things for you, extraordinary things, time after time after time after time. And Lord, as we've looked at this kind of a weird miracle of, of making an iron axe head float, we do thank you that you care about even the little small things in our lives the little details. 
Lord, most of all, we thank you that no matter how far we think we've fallen from you, we're never too far gone. That you are just a, a prayer away that we can ask for your forgiveness and then we can repent. Turn from our sin. Turn from our complacency. Turn from whatever it is that's been keeping us from you. And so Lord, I pray that your spirit has been revealing to each and every one of us maybe the, the areas where we've forgotten our first love. And Lord, I, I pray now that you would give us the, the boldness and the conviction and the, the courage and the strength through the power of your spirit to reach out and grab it again. To take it back and to start doing the things that we did at first. To return back to our first love. Jesus, thank you that you did that for me many years ago. And you continue to, to do that anytime I get in a little bit of a, a spiritual funk myself. You always accept us back. We thank you for that. Lord, we know you're going to do your part. Now help us to do ours. Just to get those disciplines down once again. To do what it is, whatever it is, that you've called us to do. Help us to reach out right now and in faith bring our relationship with you back close. Bring it back close so that we can enjoy just time with you each and every day, our relationship with you, just the conversation that we have with you, this closeness with you. Father, we want our spiritual edge back, so help us to grab it right now in Jesus' name. Amen.